What is up guys? This is All The Smoke on Strength and Physique with your hosts, Adam and Chris, where we provide you with evidence-based information, community support, and recognition to all who are betting themselves with fitness. Welcome back to All The Smoke on Strength and Physique. On this episode, we are speaking upon dieting as an athlete. And Chris is under a situation where he works with a ton of athletes. Um, and a lot of the questions that he always gets is, how do I diet? When can I diet? And should I even diet? And Chris, give us a little case study that you are currently going through. Well, I wouldn't even say I get asked this all the time. I see it all the time too. Like even in the college setting, uh, high school setting, uh, I'm sure even in the professional setting, it gets talked on more. Uh, it gets talked about too, but it's just the simple fact that people aren't happy with how they look. And it's actually interesting. I forget. I think it was, I don't know if it was a study or if it was a stupid email I got from a fitness person or something, but it was interesting because it was like a little survey done, nothing like legitimate. It was like a neat little survey from someone's followers or whatever. And it was like, who would you rather look, look like, would you rather look like someone who does CrossFit, someone that's an athlete, a bodybuilder or a power lifter? Uh, and they might've had one or two more others or whatever the case was, but CrossFitters and athletes were like the two people that people wanted to look like the most. They didn't want to look like the people that focused on how they look. They wanted to focus on the people that were performing at a very high level. And I think that just before we even get into this topic is if you're an athlete listening to this, you have to realize that most people want to look like you and whether you're happy with yourself or not, you have a lot of muscle. I guess this could depend on the sport as well, because if you're a professional ping pong player, then, Hey, you might not have that much muscle and you, Hey, you might want to look better, but in the case that I, I am, you got football players, baseball players, basketball players. They all, they all lift. They all are in the gym training, and they, for the most part, all have muscle. And people want to look like you. Now, specifically, uh, I have had quite a few people come up, and they're in season, and they want to lose weight. And totally fine. Like, they're not happy with how they're looking, or they feel like they'd be more confident. And for the longest time, I was trying to have that conversation that I just stated. And that, listen, man, like, people want to look like you, like you look good, you're performing better than you ever have, like, your body is on point. And it just didn't go through. And it got to the point where it just kept getting brought up, kept, kept getting brought up. So figured we go into a deficit and we'll go from there. However, because we're going into a deficit, there's a lot of things that needs to get talked about. And uh, some of those things are, how are we going to go in this deficit? Like, how are we going to adjust what we eat or how are we going to change our focus to make sure that we're losing weight while also doing everything? We're still doing the exact same. And would you like, Adam, I'm going to pass this one off to you, but go ahead and talk to us about like the different macros 
and some things to consider. And I think before this podcast, you said you'd take a different approach than me. So I'd like to hear your approach and then I'll give my approach as well. Yeah, I mean, I think as we kind of discussed before we hit the record button, it's kind of going to depend on the specific sport. Um, And we kind of said, hey, man, if you're in season, it's probably not the best way to go about a caloric restriction or a dieting phase. Um, But I'm an individual that, you know, we're trying to keep everything the same in the sense of the, the habitual process of our eating. We're just going to, again, put you in a deficit through restricting your calories. And I typically will remove carbohydrates first. Um, and honestly, lately for a lot of my clients, athlete or just gen pop, I'm not even really prescribing macros anymore. I'm more or less prescribing a caloric uh, range and a protein goal. Um, and that's just through the flexible mindset that I try to give everyone. Um, I think you know, with athletes, it's more and more becoming, they become really rigid within their routine. And the more rigid they become with that, the easily they become rigid with their dieting approach. And that can lead to a whole host of problems. And as you said, Chris, a lot of these athletes, they want to look better. They're not satisfied with that, but they don't understand the consequences that come through caloric restriction. I think giving them more of a flexible approach with caloric restriction can almost allow them to see that, hey, it might not be necessary. But typically with macronutrients, the protein, carbs, and fats, what I will reduce is carbohydrates first, and then we can go from there. And you touched on uh, consequences that you'll get from being in a calorie deficit. Can you name a few just off the top of your head? So yeah, whenever anybody goes under caloric restriction, the consequences are going to be, you know, your body wants to be in homeostasis. So it always wants to have a balance within itself, right? There's like that thermostat point where it, it is striving to be at 75 degrees Fahrenheit, no matter what, but while you're in a deficit, you've brought that down. So it's going to adjust eventually to whatever thermostat temperature you've brought it down. So let's say you've brought it to 73. Eventually your metabolism is going to adapt it's going, your, your new homeostasis is going to be that new temperature at 73 degrees, but where people really kind of fall with a lot of the consequences with going under caloric restriction is those hormonal responses, right? Ghrelin is going to go up. So ghrelin specifically is that hormone that increases your hunger. Leptin decreases, um, but that also lets you know that, Hey, I'm full. Leptin is secreted through your stomach, through gut expansion. And again, you are decreasing your foods. So your gut is not going to expand as much. So that signal is not going to your brain. Again, you're in a stressful state. So cortisol is going to increase. And I read up on it a little bit more. And cortisol can actually blunt the activity of leptin. So you've already decreased leptin because you're decreasing the amount of food that you're intaking. But you've also increased cortisol because you're in a stressful state while being in a deficit, because again, you're out of homeostasis. But because of the caloric restriction, leptin's already down, but cortisol is increased. But since cortisol is increased, it could also blunt whatever leptin you have left to secrete. So again, there's a whole host of hormonal problems, physiological, internal physiological issues that could lead you to not, you know, sacker or, or not to be, you know, as adherent um, or sacrifice lean body mass in that issue. And we want to maintain as much lean body mass as we can. 
And I think a lot of individuals, particularly athletes, they don't know the difference with, um, you know, just following your, you know, in decreasing weight or decreasing body fat. And I think, you know, majority of the general population doesn't understand to, the distinction between those two. Um, and I always use the example of whenever I needed to make weight for a powerlifting meet, again, as an athlete, shoot, I could lose 15 pounds of water easily. But the rebound effect on that was not the best. But, you know, you do what you can do, but understanding the consequences now, that's probably not the best thing you want to do as an athlete. Again, improve your body composition. I think specifically through that, just being a more of routine approach. Uh, I had a couple uh, texts from a, a lot of my friends. Um, I forgot who the athlete was, um, but he would say, yeah, you know, I only eat two bags of um, candy. I have a coffee and then I eat dinner. And the amount of malreporting on caloric intake from athletes and from people is crazily uh, underreported. So again, he could say that and no, he's not probably taking that in. Um, and I think a lot of athletes or a lot of individuals in general could just improve their body composition just by having a better routine of protein intake and just a more consistent caloric intake as well. Yeah. And that's the approach that I sort of like to take is first off as athletes, we need to make sure we're getting that high protein content, but there's been studies that had came out in the past that has shown if you increase your calorie amount by strictly protein, you will not gain body fat and it doesn't matter. I'm, I don't have the study, of course, off the top of my head, but it was something drastic. It was like 500, 600 calories, 300 calories is Adam's putting his fingers up and 300 calories a day. That's a lot of calories. That's 2,100 calories. That's more than a half a pound that you should be gaining per week. But, but the individuals were not gaining and that's the approach I initially like to take, because if you're not, if you're intaking that much extra protein, that protein is going to go towards your recovery, going to go towards putting on muscle, which is going to make you look better. That scale number might not be what you want to see, but ultimately your muscle mass will go up and your body fat will remain the same. Or if you're increasing muscle, you would likely see at least a little decrease in body fat. If, I'm thinking of it appropriately. I'm sure you could find something that says otherwise, but the consequence, like Adam was saying, was your hormones are going to get impacted. Your body is not going to be in this position that it's going to like. And what does that even create? I mean, it's going to impact performance. It's going to impact recovery. And Adam brought up something that was thoughtful before this was, okay, if we change our protein, fat, or carbs, let's stick with carbs or fat that we're changing because obviously you don't want to change protein. Adam would usually take away fat or carbs, and I would usually take away fats. Now, if fats are already at a very low amount, we really need fats because it keeps our, our hormonal responses in check. So we can't get under a certain amount in fats so if, if we're already at a low end in fats, yeah, we have to take away carbs, but really I try to avoid taking away carbs because that's going to be your primary energy driver. And Adam, before we hopped on the record, 
Adam had mentioned, then it, it really depends on the sport. Because if you're working in a sport like football or baseball, or I guess tennis would be a little mixture of aerobic and anaerobic. But if we look at anaerobic sports or sports that do things in a very short time frame, for example, football play lasts 10, 15 seconds, baseball play, you're sitting there waiting and you respond in like five seconds. Those are all sports that don't really need carbs and it'll rely on other forms of energy that are stored in your muscle. Uh, like phosphates or creatine or phosphate creatine. Um, and, and that's important to note because if, if you're removing things that are going to fuel your performance, that's not good. Like as an athlete, you need to perform. And what I said at the beginning, most people want to look like athletes. So do you want to perform less to look better to yourself? Because most people are wanting to look like you. And, and I guess it depends on the sport too, because someone might have an argument like, oh, but if I'm lighter, that means I'm going to be faster. And to some extent, that's true. Like you don't want a wide receiver, wide receiver having uh, an extra 30 pounds on them when that's probably going to slow them down a little. So it also depends on the position that you're playing and stuff like that. But that just goes back to, you need to do that before the season starts. Um, you don't need to do that during competition. And these are the things that you need to consider. And I think performance and keeping the athlete safe needs to be like the two main priorities because first off, if the person's getting injured, which is, I would say, would you agree, Adam, that they're going to be at a greater chance of getting injured if they're in a calorie deficit while performing? Yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because there's actually literally literature to support this because again, and I want to clarify, like, who we're speaking to again is specifically collegiate in high school and probably middle school athletes of who we work with. Um, and there's literature, literature to support that collegiate athletes when they undergo caloric restriction, again, with all of the other extracurricular responsibilities you have, um, coursework your sleep is going to be reduced as well. Going to that hormonal aspect, again, cortisol doesn't allow your circadian rhythm to really operate appropriately. Um, so again, the decrease of quality of your sleep is going to be there. And with that, again, decreased recovery. Um, again, you're not able to perform as highly as you would like to, again, increasing your risk of injury. So I think the main theme of this is if you're going to go under do caloric restriction as an athlete, do it in the off season because in season is probably the worst time to do it because your job is to perform as an athlete. And again, the scale isn't going to show you anything. Your job is to perform on the field in the weight room or whatever sport that you're, you're contributing to your job is that let your performance dictate your caloric habits. If your caloric habits are there and they're allowing you to perform and your body composition is improving, keep doing what you're doing. You don't need to go into a caloric restricted phase to improve your body composition. Because again, what does your body composition have to do sometimes with your performance? Sometimes again, if you're a lineman, your body composition literally needs to be crap. 
because you need as much mass as you can to move somebody. As Chris said, if you're a wide receiver, you probably want to improve your body composition. So again, you can move more fluently throughout your routes that you're running. Um, so again, there's always this give or take. However, to improve or sustain your performance, going under caloric restriction is not going to keep you safe. It's going to decrease your performance. And anything is going to lead to probably a rebound effect postseason, which is, again, what we all try to eliminate throughout all of this. Yeah, and you mentioned something that talked about recovery, and that was your sleep was going to go down. And if you're, regardless if you're in season, out of season, but if you're going in a calorie deficit, you still need to perform. And if you're in season, you need to perform in competitions. If you're out of season, you need to perform in practices and in the weight room. And if you're in a calorie deficit, it's going to be hard to perform, but there's some things that become extremely important. And that's a part of recovery. Recovery becomes more important than ever. If you're in a calorie deficit, because your body is going to be at a higher stressed state. So some things that you really need to keep in mind. And when I say, when, if, if I can stress this anymore, you need to focus on these, like you can't be going in a calorie deficit as an athlete and just disregard one of these principles or the, uh, not even a principle topic. And these things I, I have four listen, Adam, you can add or remove, but it's sleep, nutrition, water in a very broad term, stress management. And the first three, you of course know sleep, you need nine hours of sleep. I would say eight, eight minimum. Uh, I, I would say the research would probably suggest seven to nine, but I always like to go eight or more and nutrition. If you're in a calorie deficit, your nutrition is not going to be there. So what I mean by that is really focusing on protein intake, making sure you're getting that in every single day, your water intake, taking in a gallon of water a day. And I don't care how you got to go about doing that, but you need to get that done. That's a no brainer and stress management. There's lots of things that can be included in stress management, and that's going to be dependent on the individual. And those three things mentioned prior to stress management is going to be a part of stress management as well. But what are your thoughts on ways to focus on recovering while in a calorie deficit? I think the best way to honestly recover throughout anything that you're doing um, is hitting a lot of those comp components right there. Like you said, hydration, sleep. Um, and I think it's funny that, you know, my background coming in here to University of Tennessee um, is unlike a lot of the other students here. Um, and they think recovery, they think stretching, they think um, almost passive modalities, but the literature would support that physical activity, specifically walking, um, if you're trying to improve low body recovery, cycling is going to help that not laying down. And we see this in, in literature day in and day out repeatedly uh, from study from study that athletes that are physically active for a short bout of, of time throughout the day, they are predominantly sedentary throughout the day. Again, you're impeding your recovery status just from doing that. Again, get outside, get some vitamin D, um, that all will help with your recovery status. 
rather than sitting down playing video games and again being very sedentary because it's, again it's that blood flow to the muscle that is going to help with the recovery of that specific tissue again when you're sedentary there's a decrease in that blood flow that's not going to help facilitate the growth or the recovery that we want at that particular tissue so again get up walk um, again if, if it's the low body that is sore cycling is great with that it's low impact um, but I mean you can going just for a zone two where again it, when I say zone two if you are jogging you can hold a conversation with your partner it doesn't have to be very intense it just needs to get your blood flow up to that particular muscle that you've got going on again if you're a pitcher literally do that arm cycle, do some banded work, do anything that is low intensity, that is not highly demanding, that again, shuttles blood to that specific tissue that will help with recovery, uh, not only just, you know, centrally, but again, peripheral at that specific tissue. Um, and again, everything will help in that plasma volume with improved hydration will help facilitate all of that. So all of this goes together. Um, you just, again, what Chris and I are saying is you don't even need to go into a caloric restrictive set or, or a phase to improve your body composition. I think a lot of individuals just need a more consistent routine rather than Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I do this. And, you know, Tuesday, Thursday on the weekends, I blow it because right there, you're not consistent in nature. Be consistent with your routine day in and day out with your protein, with your calories, within your workouts, within your movement. And you will start seeing the adaptations that you want rather than just seeing a number go down, which doesn't dictate anything uh, of your performance or your body composition. And let's just make this very clear. If you're an athlete, do not go into a calorie deficit during season. It's a very big no-no. I think Adam said it best is you can change some other things that technically won't put you in a calorie deficit, but could still help your physique and how you look. But as, as an athlete, your primary goal is to perform and do good in your sport. That is the main thing that you're focused on. And if you're doing things to hinder that, which you will be if you're going into a calorie deficit. I don't think you're being the best athlete you can be. So if you're in season, don't go on a deficit, just plain and simple. Wait till the off season, go into a deficit then, and I, you'll be a lot better off. And again, Chris, we had discussed early on in the podcast, what are one, what is one thing, right? We talked about macronutrients. What is one thing that you can easily do to kind of, you know, put more caloric expenditure, right? Burn more calories throughout your day. And we know that NEAT, right? Non-exercise activity thermogenesis is that one component of our metabolism of everyone in this world that ranges from 5% and it can be as high as 35% in some individuals. Again, highlighting what we said earlier that athletes, you are highly active throughout a short period of time of your day you want to easily burn enough calories increase your physical activity increasing your NEAT. but you know what the great thing about that is, is is you will also improve your recovery you will also improve your body composition just by moving a little bit more all of that without having to go undo stress 
of reducing your calories while you're in season. So again, if you're in season, I would even argue if you're even in the off season, focus on moving a little bit more, focus on improving these little daily habits, because these habits right now that you're creating as an athlete are going to transfer over to who you are later on after your career is in sports. And that's tough. Um, we actually have a, uh, another, we had a doc student here and she studied specifically transitioning from sport, from D1 athletes and after life after sport. And it's very difficult. Um, she's actually in co uh, connections with NCAA now trying to have some sort of program for athletes to be able to have an easier transition because we all see it. Athletes, even professional athletes, right? After they're done with sports, and I always bring up Charles Barkley, they put on a significant amount of weight because, again, your lifestyle has changed. You're no longer exercising for a specific outcome. Again, the relationship that you have with food, the relationship you have with exercise, and the knowledge and education you have with both of them are going to be with you throughout the rest of your life. So really prioritize it now. So that transfer over when sport is unfortunately over, which it always has to be one way or another, that transition can be that much easier. So again, move more, prioritize protein, and have a specific routine, a consistent routine that you can rely on day in and day out and be consistent with. Again, it's not about the looks. Unless you're a physique athlete, nobody's going to look at you like, oh, he's got a six-pack, he must hit bombs. Or he got a six-pack, he must be able to shoot from half court with ease nobody says that nobody says that well guys i appreciate you guys listening through to this this was all the smoke on dieting if you're an athlete and if you guys have any questions go ahead and reach out you can find us at the coach ai or coach doobie peace